Hi Church, Happy New Year to you all. I trust you all all well. Uh, the Bible reading I'd like you to have a read of this morning is before we look into the message today is taken from Ephesians and chapter one, beginning to read at verse one to fourteen. If you could just read that passage, I'm not going to read it, but if you could just read that in your own time, and I'm just going to uh, pray and um, bring this message to the Lord in prayer and ask for God's blessing upon this message. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity of being able to come together in this way. We thank you that we can listen to your word. Lord, we thank you that you're a God who can speak into people's hearts and into people's lives. And Lord, that's your desire is to to speak to your children. And so, Lord, we just pray now that as we listen to your word, that you might just give us all those ears that are ready to listen what you have to say, those hearts that are ready to respond, and Lord, that desire to, to be doers of your word and to follow the example that you've set for us. So Lord, we just pray that you bless this message now and bless each one who listens to it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, the title for today's podcast came from my grandsons on Christmas Day, and the title is Great Expectations. We were invited to Becky and Dave's on Christmas Day for the breakfast and to see the boys open their Christmas gifts, which was a lovely experience for us both, me and Ellen, and it brought back many memories, happy memories, of preparing for that special morning with your children and seeing the joy and the excitement on their faces as they prepare to open their gifts from Santa. The questions they had asked before Christmas, what they would like, were now almost ready to be answered. Were the boys going to get what they'd asked for in the next few moments of that day? And they were so excited. You can anticipate that for Jacob, there was a great expectation of the presents that he was hoping to receive from Santa. And sure enough, there was a large pile of presents that Jacob worked his way through until he'd almost completed them. But as he approached the end of his presents, Jacob started to get a bit disappointed because the particular game he had asked for, he hadn't received it. The very thing he was expecting, it didn't arrive when he thought it would. And he got a little bit upset, I should say. Fortunately, later for Jacob, he did receive the game that he really wanted for his switch, and he was so happy. But that made me think about expectations. We've all had them, don't we? We all had them last year. I'm pretty sure 2020 was not what any of us were expecting it to be. There are two people I know for sure who were expecting by this time this, this year that they would be married. Nathan and Laura had fixed the date, <clears throat> and unfortunately it had to be cancelled. Our cousin Rosie was due to get married shortly too, in the next month, and that has now also been cancelled. I guess most of us thought that this pandemic would have been over by now when it began in March, and probably the last thing we were expecting was another strain of this COVID virus and a further lockdown that was going to keep running 
into 2021. Maybe some were expecting great holidays. Maybe some were expecting special birthday celebrations. And sadly, there were those who were expecting to have family members at the table. And sadly, that didn't happen. 2020 has been a year of many expectations not coming to pass. And that is so true for many of us in 2020. As we move into 2021, what are you expecting? What is expecting mean? What does expect mean? Expect means something likely to happen, something we are anticipating, looking forward to, as the case may be. I'm going to ask a few questions to see what you're expecting as we move to this new year. What are you expecting from church? Will church be the same when we eventually get to go back? What are you expecting from your brothers and sisters? Will they live up to what you expect from them? What are you expecting from 2021? None of us knows the future, but God does. God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. We have no idea. But here's another question. What does God expect of me in 2021? Are you living up to expectation? Are you doing those things that God would be having you do in this new year? You know, I would guess most of us would say that none of us are where we should be. None of us are where we would probably like to be in the Christian life because so often we let God down. But the good news is, it's no surprise to God. It's what he expected of us. We can all be failures in the Christian life. That is true. But in those verses that we read at the start, we are who God wanted us to be. He chose us before the foundation of the world, as we read. We are his great expectations. We are who God wanted. If you are like many Christians, you want to please God with your life. And at the same time, in all honesty, sometimes you get tired of trying to live the Christian life. Sometimes it just feels like it's the way too much pressure. It's hard to try to live the Christian life. It's so much easier than when we before we became Christians. I find there are things I do that God does not want me to do in my life. I also become aware of the need to love others and to read the Bible and to pray, to witness, to be a disciple. And at times I feel it's way easier being an unbeliever. But now that I know God, I feel a tremendous sense of responsibility to please him with my life. Fortunately, God taught me something in the scriptures that kind of freed me from this high responsibility, this performance mindset, so I could see God again and deeply enjoy my relationship with him. There is a huge principle in scripture that is throughout Romans and Galatians, Ephesians 1 and 2 and Corinthians, and it's all over the place. 
And it's this. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. God is not expecting you to measure up. He never thought that you could live the Christian life. Nor does he expect that you could actually meet his holy standards. He thought that of you, he wouldn't have to come to earth and die for you. But he did. Jesus said to the crowds, You therefore must be holy, as your heavenly Father is holy. So, and if I were to be accepted by God based on living up to this command, we would have to be holy, perfect. No wonder Jesus came to save us from the penalty of our sins. God is aware of the gap between his holiness and your sinfulness. Even as a Christian, there is a constant tension within us to try to close that gap so that we may feel more comfortable, so that we feel closer to God. Some will try to close the gap by trying to lower God's standards. God doesn't really mean he wants me to do this. Others will try and close the gap by trying to raise their performance. I'll just try that little bit harder this year in 2021. But what does God say about this gap? It's there and it will always be there. But you who have put your faith in Jesus, received him into your life and have been forgiven, declared righteous, precious in his eyes, held in his hand of care. You are completely his and he loves you unconditionally in spite of the gap. God's word says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. It is likely, however, that you will come to a point in your life where you begin to think that surely God must now want some repayment. The purpose of this message is to keep you from falling into that trap a feeling like you must now perform for God. Scripture cautions against this because it will rob you of your joy of knowing Christ. So let's take a serious look at what God says about your relationship with him. Let's look at the ground rules, what he says about relating to him, how you became a Christian. When you became a Christian, Look at the weight of responsibility God carried in that process versus your effort. God chose you before the foundation of the world and called you to be his. God came to the earth for you. We've just been celebrating it at Christmas time. God personally died for your sins. God made sure someone explained the gospel message to you. God offered to come into your life. God gave you the desire to know him and to respond to him. And you, like me, turned to him and received him. God entered your life, declared you righteous and forgave your sin and called you his own. We sing that song, don't we? I know who you say I am. You became a child of God, a Christian, by simply responding to God in faith. 
That is the same way he wants you to live your Christian life in 2021. By simply responding to God in faith. The weight of responsibility and ability will always stay with God. You may be thinking, that seems simple enough. So what's the big deal? The problem is that almost every Christian gets tripped up on this and at one time or another. Why? Because it's our human nature to think that we owe God for what he has given to you. It is also our human nature to think that now that you know the Bible a little bit, now that you're a little bit more aware of prayer, or now that you may understand a little bit more about talking to others about God, now it's time to take on the responsibility of being a good Christian. There is nothing that will more quickly zap you of your joy in knowing God. And if you own on your own, you don't come to this conclusion that you must now perform for God. The other Christians, unfortunately, are very good at making you feel a measure of guilt. A little bit of pressure and expectation can also come from them to obey God better. You know, other believers have expectations. This message hopefully will give you an understanding from scripture about how to live the Christian life without beginning to feel a weight of false expectation to perform for God. It will show you how deeply God loves you and how he wants you to relate to him. God has not set your relationship with him as a contingent upon you, but rather contingent upon himself. Let me illustrate from these verses. How are we acceptable to God? You were declared forgiven by his grace, his kindness, because of Jesus' death for you. You received his gift of forgiveness by believing that Jesus had paid for your sin. Is that right? You didn't earn it through your forgiveness. You just simply believed. God, when he says, I've forgiven you. When the goodness and loving kindness of our God and Saviour appeared, he saved us, not because of the deeds we'd done, not because of any righteousness of our own, but in virtue of his own mercy. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished upon us, in verse 10 it says. Okay. Now that you're a Christian, do the rules change? Does God now have a long list of expectations for you? No, he doesn't. Now you may think, wait a minute, the Bible is full of commands. You can't read a paragraph without being told what to do. That is true. But while God gives you commands, he also tells you that you can't fully obey them. In fact, he tells you that the harder you concentrate on trying to obey them, the more that you will see your sin. Also, the harder you try, the more you might feel like you are a failure, deserving of God's judgment and condemnation, and thus the more distant you feel from God. The Apostle Paul talks about this frustration that he also felt. He looked at God's law and said, 
The commandment is holy, righteous and good. Yet as much as he tried to live according to it, he kept on sinning. He said, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. The evil I do not want to do, this I just keep on doing. In complete frustration he says, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? His solution? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. The feelings of failure, sin, condemnation need to be faced with scripture. And God's word says in verse 14, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? So when you look at God's commands, don't attempt to obey them on your own effort. But instead, ask God, who lives inside of you now, to produce that in you? If God says to love each other, he doesn't intend for you to march off with enthusiastic responsibility and show God how loving you can be. Instead, he wants you to depend on him. God, I ask you to live in my heart today and cause me to see this person as you see them and put love in my heart for this person in the same way that you put love in your heart for me. I cannot love them on my own, but I ask that your great love would be produced in my life for them. What is the difference? It is the difference between independently trying to perform for God when verses depending on God and relying on him to live through you. We do not mature into dependence from God. We mature only by remaining dependent on him. And that's the way he wants it. He wants you to enjoy the freedom and love of being in a relationship with him, trusting him, depending on him. He is not expecting you to perform in 2021. The Bible refers to God's commands as the law. Now that you are a Christian, you are no longer under the law or under God's judgment or under God's condemnation. Instead, you have been you have forgiveness and eternal life. You've been set free from the Lord's demands. Paul said, We know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ, Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ, and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one will be justified, in verse 16. How much does Paul focus on God's commands and trying to fulfil them? I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ. Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for it is righteousness could be gained through the law. Christ died for nothing. 
Before you received Jesus, you were distant from God, able only to know God's commands, and you were under God's judgment. But now, you know Christ, and his Spirit lives within you. Amen. God says, I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. And in the same place, he says, their sins and lawless acts, I will remember them no more. So instead of the law being outside you, hovering over you with its demands, God has placed his law written within your heart. And as the Holy Spirit changes you, he gives you an increasing desire to do what pleases him. Over time, as you grow in your relationship with God, he will continue to build in you the desire and the capacity to live a holy life before him. For it is by grace you've been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. God has a plan for your life, to use your life to benefit others and his glory, for his glory. Your relationship is now with God, with his life living in you, producing those good works. You know, it's great to have been a part of, of, of setting up the manor house and seeing that good work that so many of you have been involved with and watching God's meet those wonderful provisions and helping those people in our community down at the manor house. What a blessing that has been. But what to do with sin? What if you ask him to produce something in your life or to free you from a particular sin that you might be struggling with? What if you still have a bad temper or you still see yourself giving in to temptation? Or you see yourself failing to pray and read your Bible as much as you should do. Then what? Would that be the time to begin taking on the responsibility of being a Christian and living the Christian life and give it your full effort? No. The moment you begin to try to perform for God, the more you will see yourself fail. The more you will distance yourself from God and the less joy you will have in knowing him. It is easy for a Christian to think that God rewards effort, because that's how the entire society we live in is set up. Be responsible, work hard, give it your best effort, and you will get rewarded. But as a Christian, can look at the commands in the Bible and think, yes, if I try hard enough, I can do this. And they are edited for a lot of frustration because the Bible says the focusing on the law brings only one thing, an awareness of your sin. God has not set up your relationship with him as an effort and a reward. He has set it up that instead he wants you to trust him, to produce in your life what pleases him, what Ruth's been talking about over the last few weeks those fruits of the Spirit. As long as you live on this earth, you're going to sin. 
you will never be perfect in this life. Not only do you know that, but God knows that too. And as you recognise your sin in your life, you need to confess it and believe what his promise has said to you. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, be patient in letting God change you. God is not finished with you yet. He longs for you to come after him in 2021. And my advice to you is this in 2021, go after Jesus. Come after him. Follow him like you've never followed him before. Focus on getting to know God. Pursue knowing him better through prayer, reading the Bible and being in fellowship and teaching with other Christians. All that is good, but your faith is not to rest on your effort, but instead on God's ability to work in your life. Jesus said, it's like grapes on a vine. Jesus is the main vine, and he said we are like the branches. Remain or abide in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus went on to say, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in me. Remain in my love. Because none of us are ever going to be where we should be. But we are God's great expectations, chosen by him to do God's work. There's another question that I believe God would want to ask to maybe those who are listening to this message today who are unbelievers. What does God expect of an unbeliever? I believe that one day God will ask these questions. Did you believe that I loved you? Did you believe that I desired you? Did you believe that I waited on you day after day, waiting for you to come to me, that I long to hear the sound of your voice? I just dare that you trust me and just know that I love you. You know, we are currently in another lockdown and everything around us is closing. The shops are closed. Lots of places are closed. Public transport is just one of the few things that are still open. But the good news today is that, at this moment in time, heaven is still open. There is still an opportunity to know this Jesus and to have a relationship with him. And he longs for you to do that. I trust that you will take this opportunity. Maybe 2021 is the year that you come to find him to be your own saviour. I pray that that will be the case. But one last question. What are you expecting of God? None of us knows what will lie ahead in 2021. But there are three things that I know that we can expect from our God. First of all, you can expect that God will remain faithful. He will not change his mind about us. In Psalm 121, 
it says this I lift my eyes to the mountains where does my help come from my help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth he will not let your foot slip he who watches over you will not slumber indeed he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep the Lord watches over you the Lord is your shade at your right hand the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night the Lord will keep you from all harm and he will watch over your life the Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore that is a promise from God we know we can trust that he will remain faithful we know and we can expect that he will listen and answer our prayers and we know you can expect that maybe 2021 is the year when he comes back for his own may God bless this message and his word to us Amen.